tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bellotti. Hope you guys are doing well. My week has been chaos so far. I was recently told by one of my hands on set. I had a lovely girl helping me on set this morning when I was shooting some stuff and she let me know that Mercury is once again in retrograde. So I am officially blaming that on everything that's gone wrong this week, which has been a lot of things. But anyway, guys, this episode today is great for those of you out there who might be feeling overwhelmed with work right now or with just life. Like a lot of stuff is moving a million miles a minute and you feel overwhelmed. This is a good one because I will be commiserating with you and sometimes that is all you need. You don't need someone telling you this is how to solve it. It's sometimes helpful just to hear like I'm right there with you and I feel extremely overwhelmed this week. It's only Tuesday as I'm recording this and I feel overwhelmed, I actually just sent a very difficult email. I, well, I just went through a breakup of sorts. I like was going to intro this episode being like, guys, I just went through a breakup, but I'm being dramatic. I just essentially told a client that I couldn't work with them. Like I hadn't, you know, signed on and said, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. We're going to work on this together. But I really did like over the phone was talking with this amazing, amazing client and was like, yeah, I can definitely help you with all of these things you really need help with for your your brand. And as I was saying it, I fully believed myself. But then I sat with it for a bit afterwards, thinking about all the other things that I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. I can't do it. No, I'm going to go insane if I take on another client. I just am one person. And while I've been really good at delegating recently, which is not one of my strengths, I've been bringing on new people to help me with creative stuff and have really been trying to delegate. I just know that I'm even pushed to my limits with the help. There's a point when you get to or where you get to where you realize that though I might have help with the things that I just can't do, I am at my wits end. Like I am done. I am done. I can't take on anything else. Nothing else can consume my mind right now because I have, I just have, I have enough, you know? And this is growth for me, saying no to something. You guys know every year, one of my, New Year's resolutions of sorts. I don't really like New Year's resolutions, as you guys know if you've listened to my other podcast, but I always say that I need to say no more. And I just, this is kind of a proud moment for me, though I'm feeling overwhelmed by saying no and like kind of I feel like I let them down. I am really proud of myself right now in this moment. And I knew I needed to click record on my podcast and just get going with it. I'm not fully prepared for this episode, but I really feel very proud of myself right now for saying no to something, even just something small, like just taking on another client, which is actually pretty big, but even just a small moment of saying no and saying, no, I've had my fill. I I can do no more. This is where my road ends or like where it begins kind of because, you know, I've said in the past, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to other things. 
you are not saying, no, I can't do this forever and ever and ever. It's like, no, I'm saying yes to all the things I'm already doing and doing them better. Like I can do these other things I'm doing better because I will have more capacity for it in every way. So I sent this breakup email just now and then I sent a breakup text to the person that put me in touch with this person and I felt like I was doing like a breakup text and email. I actually put them in my notes on my phone so I wouldn't accidentally press send prematurely because I am so stressed about things like that. Like sending, pushing send prematurely is one of those things that like once you do it once, you, you're you just stressed for the rest of eternity that you're going to do it again. Like I've definitely been one to send an email at work when I was working at L'Oreal, like in the corporate space. And I was so stressed with every email I sent. I would get so stressed and proofread it a million times and then go to my outbox or my, my sent box and reread it and make sure nothing was wrong because I am through and through a perfectionist, but I get stressed about things like that. And that is kind of how I sent this email. I felt this wave of pressure and stress when I clicked send, but then also a sigh of relief, which is why I knew I did the right thing. And it was one of those things where it was Friday when I had had this initial call and I started kind of drafting a proposal and I was feeling inspired and I love, I love working with brands so much. That was why it wasn't like something I didn't want to do. Like I wanted to do it, right? So afterwards I was going to drinks with my friend Mia and I was sitting there just discussing, we were going over our days and like talking about work. She works in a totally different field than me and we were talking about it and I was like, you know what? Like, Mia, let me just pick your mind, pick your brain on this. What do you think about this client? And I was kind of almost asking or begging her in the way that I was describing it to say, Katie, no, you shouldn't do this. It's too much. But of course, she was being a supportive friend. And the way I was saying it wasn't saying like, oh, I'm stressed by this. I was really just talking about how exciting this client is and how huge of an opportunity this would be and where this could take me and all this stuff. And just talking about I'm very futuristic in my thinking a lot of the times. And I was like, you know, this might be really hard on me in the moment, but it's worth it. And I kept phrasing it like that kind of convincing myself in the process that it was worth it and something I could take on. And she was being so supportive. And I got home and I was kind of mad at her for being so supportive. I'm like, you know, in like a crazy irrational way because I'm like, why didn't she just tell me not to do it? It would be easier if someone else told me. But then I was like, Katie, come on, like grow up, tell yourself, like be a, a good manager of yourself, which being a manager of myself has been the hardest part of freelancing because I am the worst manager. I didn't even know that Monday, this past Monday, was MLK Day and was a holiday. Like people took off. I didn't even know until someone told me. Like I had fully stacked my day. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even give myself a chance to breathe. Last night I went to bed feeling so overwhelmed because a lot of things went wrong and many people in the world had yesterday off. And I just didn't even, you know, it's one of those things where wouldn't have, would it have really mattered if I took the day off? Like not really, but it's just the little things of giving yourself time to recharge. And I just don't feel like I've been very good at that. And even if you don't work for yourself, even if you work for someone else, like there's still moments when your manager gives you a day off. Like you have a day off or you're taking a sick day. Like you are ill and you are taking a sick day and still you feel like you can't log off. You can't clock out. You have to be on because you're stressed about the concept of being caught off guard. Like I am one of those people that throughout my entire life in every level of schooling that I've had, I have always needed to be prepared 
It's like that character in Something Borrowed. I talk about this movie all the time, but I think a lot of people know it. It's with like Jennifer Goodwin and Kate Hudson. And it's Jennifer Goodwin is in law school. She's on her first day of law school and she has like 17 sharpened pencils on her desk. And then she moves too quickly and they all fall on the ground in front of her. And so she, this is back before, I guess, computer note taking or like it wasn't allowed or whatever. And she is so stressed because she has this pad of paper and the professor starts talking and says, like, you might want to write this down. And she doesn't have any pencils. So that's when like, what's his face? Bex. Is that his name? Bex? Yeah, I think that's his name. He gives her his pen and he has no pen and she's like stressed about it that he doesn't have a pen. I literally feel like that all the time and always have. Like, I don't like surprises. I like things to be like, this is what you need to bring. Even when there's an event or something or there's a trip, I'm like, assessing with my friends like what are you bringing on this trip like I want to make sure that I don't forget like I hate being caught I mean I feel like many people do being caught in a a time where they're feeling very like caught off guard and like they don't know what to expect like I am very bad at that very bad which is why I think just thinking about it deeply why my road trip I guess that wasn't last summer, two summers ago, I went on this road trip cross country where I just, it was so me out of my element. I can't stress this enough. Like I am so prepared in all elements of my life that going on a road trip and not wearing makeup and just traveling across the country, not knowing what I'm going to expect in each state, like not knowing what I'm going to get in each state because I haven't been to so many states in America. Like, you know, it, it was just so interesting seeing how I reacted without. And I felt so free for the first time in my life that that is why I, you know, picked up and moved to LA because I thought moving to LA would make me a better person because I would be out of my element again. And while I do think that I am good at spicing things up in my life, I do a lot of hard things. I do a lot of hard things. I go on dates when I don't know what to expect half the time, but I I just have a hard time when it's in my work life. And I know that dating has to be you just don't know what to expect because that's just the whole nature of it. But when it's things that you can control, like in your work life, you can control most a lot of elements. If you want to, if you want to be crazy enough, you can. That is where it stresses me out because I I feel like I'm letting myself down if I get myself to a point where I don't feel prepared. Like if I end up being on a client call and I maybe like got the times wrong and I get on a call and I'm like, I don't know what to expect from this call. I'm not prepared. I come into every call with every client fully prepared with like a stack of notes, like ready to go ideas, like knowing what they're going to say and knowing what to say afterwards, like what to suggest. Like I feel really disappointed in myself when I'm not prepared. And that's just how I am. That's like just who I am. And it's always been like that. And I think a lot of it comes from not wanting to disappoint people. Like I don't want to let people down because I could not live with myself. I'm very loyal in that way, but it also is to a fault because sometimes it, it, I burn myself out in the process of trying to do everything for everybody else. I don't do anything for myself. I let myself go. Like, you know, up until recently, you guys know I haven't had a set like workout regimen. I haven't been eating great. And finally I started taking care of myself this year And that is one of my non-negotiables, I guess last year, last year, right? Um, That's one of my non-negotiables now is I need to make time for exercise. And that is the one time, the one hour of my day when I'm not checking my phone. And it's my favorite hour of the day. I look forward to doing this thing that I hated to do before because it is my only time for myself. And I, I just needed to say that. I need to get that out because it's been something that's been eating me alive 
just knowing that I have been discounting myself for so long. I have been just throwing my needs to the side. I've been letting my like what I'm doing for other people matter so, so much more than what I'm doing for myself. Like I don't even have proper self-care because I am so obsessed with with the hustle of it and working for other people and matching people's energy. I've been so obsessed with matching people's energy my whole life. I've always wanted people to like me. And I think a lot of it had to do with in high school when people didn't like me and knowing what that feels like and not willing to feel like that ever again. People in high school did not think that the work that I was putting in on YouTube was worth it. And they were wrong, obviously, which feels really great now. But it's my fear that I'm going to get back to that point when people don't understand me. And it just, it terrorizes me. And yeah, I mean, the biggest points in my life so far that I've been really proud of myself is when I quit my job, which was scary and I didn't know what to expect. And when I went on that road trip, which was scary and I didn't know what to expect. So I think. I have to do more things that scare me and a lot of those things will let people down and I have to be okay with that because if it's something that I feel in my deeply in my core is right for me, it is right. No questions asked, nothing else. Like that's it. That's it. And I've been scared to honor myself because I I'm just afraid of what other people will say. I'm afraid of what people will think of my story. Honestly, I was thinking about this today. On, I was on this really awesome video shoot, which I will say I love doing because I'm given so much freedom. I think video work is something I need to really hone in on because that's the one area I feel most alive. Like I feel there's so many possibilities with it. I don't feel that someone is always really like hammering down, this is how we have to do it. Like working with clients and them trusting me, I need to do more of that because the clients I was working with today fully trust my vision. And I was able to just mess around in this kitchen setting, which is very unfamiliar to me, but like with my camera and I'm editing these videos that I really love. I think editing is something I can definitely lean on it, lean in on and not lose myself. But when I was on this shoot today, I was thinking about my journaling. You guys know for years I was like journaling, posting my entries on my Instagram and was loving it. And truly I just have not journaled in probably six months, maybe more than that. People are always asking me on Instagram, like, where are your spreads? I'm like, well, I just haven't done any, like truly have not because I'm too busy, like, you know, penciling notes for clients and (laughs) I just haven't even had a chance to think for myself and to just articulate my own thoughts and feelings on a piece of paper because I haven't thought that they mattered very much in the grand scheme because I think things for other people matter more and my own thoughts, I just haven't haven't even had time to do it. Like, it's just kind of sad. I just, I stopped journaling because I didn't have time to think. I didn't have time to write down. I didn't take time for myself to pause. Like, why are, why are we so afraid to pause? I feel like so many of us don't reflect on our lives. We don't reflect. And if we do, it's us going down a rabbit hole of how things could go wrong. Like, I lay in bed at night sometimes and I think about how things are going wrong, like how I'm getting old. I'm not even old. I'm 26. Like I feel sometimes that I'm getting old and time is running out and no one's ever going to love me and I'm never going to have kids and I'm never going to be proud of myself in that way. Like, cause I think that that's what's important. Oh, guys, this is heavy already. I'm like, (laughs) my face is like flushed right now because I'm just doing all this feeling. And yeah, I mean, that's just, that's how I'm feeling right now. If you're wondering, sometimes I feel like, 
my head is not attached to my body, okay? Some days when the world is moving so fast around you, especially here in New York, or just any, you know, I could be anywhere, and I just have so many thoughts and deadlines and things running through my head, all these things I want to be, like all these future me's that I could be if I did this now. Like I'm so, I put so much pressure on myself in the present to achieve something, to do something, to be this future self that I see. Like I see her there, but I I feel like I have to earn it, which I do, but I think I set unrealistic expectations for myself right now. Like I set unrealistic goals in the, the present because I'm so invested in that future me and I want to get there. And so I I stress myself out in the present. I do way too much. I do way too much and I'm afraid to take a pause and to reflect. And that's just how I feel. And sometimes I really feel like my head is just not attached to my body. Like I'm so scrambled and exasperated that I need to take my head off and just hold it. Sometimes like physically take it off and just sit with it and figure out what's going on in there before I screw it back on and continue with the hustle. Like do you ever feel like that? And so crazy I was thinking about that. And I was on my email earlier, like emailing a bunch of clients and things and doing the things that are stressing me out. And I saw this Reddit. I get Reddit updates now. I'm a part of like a bunch of groups on Reddit because you guys know I love fun facts and history and psychology. And that's like a really good hub to find just to learn new things that you just didn't even think about. Reddit people, Redditors, whatever the community is called, is a really, it's a hub of really interesting people. And I love being a part of it. So definitely you know, dig around on Reddit if you have free time. I got an email from them today, like from one of my groups I'm in. And it's the Today I Learned group. That's definitely the first place to start if you are new to Reddit. You guys know I reference it a lot because people are just so interesting in there. And one of the posts that they had sent me, which was just so spot on, it was like the world, the universe was like, Katie, you need to read this. It was about the concept of taking your head off and holding it. (laughs) Like literally. So back in the day, guys, story for you, because obviously I can't go a single episode without a little dose of history in a story. Back in the day, there was a trend of headless photography. This was in 19th century, so 1800s, Britain. It was the Victorian headless portraits era. And I promise you, it's not as gruesome as it sounds. It's actually kind of the for the time, the modern approach to photography. Like it was definitely something very groundbreaking for the time. Obviously now, if I want to Photoshop my head into my hands, I actually could. I obviously went to school for design, so I know how to do that with Photoshop and it would take me like five seconds. But back in the day, they obviously had to do, you know, something different, a different approach. So the models that were cast for this or like families would literally sign up to do this. They would In the photos, it was like them wearing these elaborate outfits because obviously fashion was different for the time. Like it's these women wearing these like elaborate ball gowns and they would be holding their head on a platter, like a silver platter, or they'd be holding it in their hands or like holding it out to the side. And the way they did this was they would take multiple photos and then combine the negatives. So like I said, kind of the early days of Photoshop. And you might be wondering why, like why would an entire family pay for this, dress up and look so nice and cheerful otherwise only to want photos of themselves holding their heads chopped off and like put on a platter to hold in front of them. Like it sounds very eerie, kind of like creepy. And okay, I guess it would help to talk a bit about the time period. You guys know I need to dig a little bit deeper. So it was the second half of the 19th century and people at this time were fascinated with death. And it kind of makes sense considering 
medicine at the time and the understanding of disease and the reason for it was just very unknown. People didn't know enough. Death was confusing and just did not you know, nearly make as much sense as it does today. According to this blog post that I found on the subject of 19th century's fascination with death and headless portraits, they said this, far from wanting to die or romanticizing death, people praised it, developing a culture and special rituals around this phenomenon. So interesting. But like I said, guys, like because modern medicine didn't exist at this time, people died a lot more often than now. Obviously, it's, you know, sometimes just completely out of thin air at the time and young. The life expectancy was much, much younger than it is now. People were pretty much surrounded by death at all sides. And it happened all the time. Even kids, like children, had to witness death scenes on a daily basis. It was just, it was, you know, normal, which is horrible, obviously thankful for modern medicine. And it still happens in random situations today, which is so horrifying, but it was just much more common back then. So instead of just living life in fear, people became kind of obsessed with it. And it's pretty much typical in history when something is super inexplicable and hard to wrap your head around, mysterious even, people tend to become interested in it. They make stories about it. They, you know, subscribe to interesting tales and reasons for it. Like, obviously, you told a lie and that's why you died. Like, that sort of thing, right? People became interested and obsessed in the storytelling element, interested in also figuring out the origin, the why, solving the mystery, maybe, that probably led to modern medicine as we know today, people just becoming fascinated and wanting to know why, right? Hence the obsession with death and the afterlife. So people would pose for a photo holding, like I said, an empty tray or pretending to hold something in front of them, and the photographer would get creative. They would end up with this photo of the person or the family. I've seen, like, there's so many photos in this Reddit feed of just, you know, full family members just holding their heads. It's so interesting. Um, very Marie Antoinette reminiscent, right? And that's how they did it without modern Photoshop tools. They used two or more different negatives, so multiple shots, and they would combine the images by cutting and pasting them, literally like cutting them out with like a scissor or like whatever the, you know, technology was at the time. And then they would kind of superimpose them into one final photo, making it look as if they were taken this way originally. Magic, but kind of like eerie, creepy magic. Sometimes I feel like one of those women dressed to the nines, like in these fabulous large gowns, very similar to the one on my podcast artwork, actually, surrounded by beautiful things. Like in these photos, a lot of times it's like them in an immaculate setup and it just looks beautiful and shiny almost. And they have their heads in their lap. <laughs> like they are like looking fabulous and their head is in their lap. That is how I feel sometimes or, you know, severed on a silver platter that I'm holding out to the side. I hope this doesn't sound too morbid, guys. Like I don't imagine myself, you know, actually decapitated. It's more like I just feel like everything is great around me and I feel like I'm wearing great clothes maybe even and I'm in this amazing setup in New York City just walking around living my best life. My head's in my hands. Sometimes when I'm just feeling super overworked or overwhelmed, I just feel so disconnected literally in that way. And people ask me all the time how I juggle all the things I do. It's always a question whenever I do a Q&A on Instagram, someone always asks me, how do you manage your day to day? Like someone yesterday, I was looking at my questions and I must have stared at this question for like 20 minutes. It was like, Katie, you do so many things. Like as a freelancer, how do you 
you know, structure your day? How do you schedule things? How do you do it all? And most of the time I don't. Most of the time I can't, okay? I try to. I try my very best. Like how do I juggle the client logo and branding design that I do, the shoots that I run for creatives like the one I did today, the, the wallpapers I design every month, the content that I make for my own platforms, the YouTube videos I post hopefully every week but never can, my Instagram photos on my feed, my stories. Like how do I do all of that plus the social life, plus the dating, plus cleaning my apartment you know, scrubbing my bathtub. How do I do it all? And the answer is I just don't really do it all that well. Okay. I try really hard. And I've tried, like I said, outsourcing, like I will hire people to help me now, which is something I could never have done before. So that is a definite growth, growth moment for me. But even like that being said, it's every time I bring on a new person to help me, I have to onboard them, right? I have to kind of help them get used to it, which is, you know, something that makes sense totally, but it ends up being more work for me. It does. And things just add up. And I'm never going to stop outsourcing. Like I love working with other people. I just need to be a little bit more picky about the number of projects I do. And that is something that I always tell myself and it sounds lovely saying it, right? Like I'm going to be more picky with how I spend my time and what I work on. But when it comes down to emailing those breakup emails, like I can't work with you, it breaks my heart because I really want to, like I really want to. And I know I'd be good at it if I had nothing else going on, which is just not reality. Freelancing sometimes makes you feel like you're drowning. It's a very glamorous thing. And people also ask me all the time, like, how did I quit my job? And what do I, you know, how did I, how exciting was that when I did that? And you can look back at all my podcasts I did about it, all my videos. And I was so cheerful and chipper and excited for the new chapter. And I so was, and I still am every day I wake up, don't get me wrong, but It is super overwhelming because when you open up that door of like, I'm going to work for myself, you can sometimes tumble down the path of no return of being a horrible manager and taking on way too much. What I've learned though is it's way easier to cut it off at, at the start, nip it in the bud before it starts. Like if you are about to take on a project and you have this like weird thought in your head, like maybe I shouldn't do this, you should listen to that thought, that gut feeling. I think there's a difference between I don't want to do this because I'm scared because it's something that's definitely maybe out of my scope a little bit or I just feel like I'm not going to be good at it because there's those feelings that creep in. That's fear talking most of the time for me at least. There's a difference between feeling like that and feeling like this is just way too much. That's a whole different ballpark and you are doing yourself a disservice. You're doing the other, the brand, the professionals that are hiring you a disservice and it's way better to nip it in the bud before it starts than to six months down the line have a mental break, which happens, and tell them, I'm so sorry, but I I know I committed to this, but I can't do it anymore. And that's also something that happens. Like I quit things after six months or whatever. If I just, I've done that in the past, it's been very equally as hard, but it's a, it's a lot more embarrassing for me when I realized that I, I knew from the start it was going to be too much. And I, the, the only person to blame is yourself when you're a freelancer. And that is really a tough, tough pill to swallow because in the corporate landscape, I could at least kind of blame it on someone else sometimes, like at least in my head, I could be like, you know, if, if that person hadn't told me to do this, then I wouldn't be here. Right. Like I can, but when you're working for yourself, you can't do that. And that's been a very bitter pill to swallow for me. Like it's sometimes I'm just drowning and there's no one to blame, but myself and my horrible management skills, skills of myself. Right. Like don't let my social feeds fool you. 
I really try to keep it real, okay? It's not like without trying. I really do. I do get vulnerable on my stories a lot. But I think if you just pulled up my Instagram feed or my YouTube videos sometimes, you might think, wow, she's really doing a great job. She's juggling it all. She's doing two podcasts. She's doing all this client work. And it looks so easy for her. Well, (laughs) it's not always true. And the thing is, this might even sound funny. I think I don't have time. Like the reason is I don't have time to keep it real all the time. Like I end up posting pretty things like behind the scenes photos and videos and final logo projects that I finished after months. And I don't really think about how it might look to people all the time because I don't have time to think that way. Like I don't have time to process and to think about whether or not this might be unrealistic or like this might be something that will trigger someone. Like the the fact that I'm doing all this might falsely inspire someone to do the exact same things I do, like the exact workload and think like I'm not good enough because I'm not struggling or because because I am struggling, but Katie isn't struggling or it doesn't seem like she's struggling. Does that make sense? Like there were no tears involved or moments with my head literally in my hands, anxious ridden over all of the things that I'm holding, that I'm carrying, that I'm trying to st- like thrive under the weight of. And it's just impossible sometimes. So where do we go from here? I told you guys at the top of the episode, I didn't really know the answer. And that still rings true. But I do know right now, action items, which I love action items, like what are we going to do now? Every, I saw this TikTok once where it's like every heroine and like every movie or like a lot of movies, rom-coms at least, are always like to the guy, what do we do now? Like, what do we do? What do we do? Well, okay. I know what I'm going to do right now in my own life in the present. I'm going to actually do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to say no more. And the reason, I I need a reason for it because I can't just do something without a reason, without knowing why. And my why is I'm going to do less things better. I'm going to cut down on all the things I do and do a few things or a handful of things better. That's just it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start start doing more things for myself, like things for my own brand that I love because that is what brings me the most joy when no one is telling me what I need to do and I just know what I want to do and what I what I see for it and I'm just going to do it. And I love working for other people because it truly does make me smarter and better being challenged, but I'm going to do it a little bit less, okay? Because I don't need other people being my cheerleader all the time and telling me, we love this graphic you made for us because that really does give me a lot of joy. Like, But I want it to be something where I feed into myself more than I'm feeding into others, just for right now at least. Like right now I need it. Right now I'm, I'm just burnt out and I need to go back to those things that I, I did so well for so many years for no reason. Like I wasn't making money or anything from YouTube for so many years and I was so passionate about it. Like I was talking to this girl that I hired for set today and she is a follower of mine for a long time. She's a long time follower. You guys know I love, I love working with people that know me, that get me. It's really nice because they already know everything there is to know about me, like all the good stuff, all the bad, and they take me anyway. Like it's really nice. And we were talking about my OG YouTube persona. We're talking about it over lunch today. And she was, you know, talking about my old videos. I was talking about them too. And I was like, you know, I would stay up and stare at my computer in the dark before school and 
edit videos that I was so passionate about making and no one really was even watching them at this time and I wasn't making a cent from it. And I was still in school and I had no idea what I was going to go to college for. I didn't even know or care really. I didn't really I mean, I guess I kind of cared, but like not, I didn't see it as a future thing. And that was my most happiest. That was the best content I've ever made. Like looking back, those videos have so much like soul in them, like all of me. And that's what I want to do more of. Like this podcast is the same, like I need to put more energy into this podcast. Like I love telling stories and doing this. This is so fun. Like I just want to do more of those things that really make me feel alive, like really make me feel like there is nothing else in the world I want to do. I've been lucky recently where I can make money from this thing and support myself, which money isn't everything, but it does obviously keep the lights on. So it is, it's crucial, I will say, but I want to do more of those things that maybe don't make me the most money or whatever, but they're like just the things that keep me alive. Because at the end of the day, you got to keep your head on. Like you can hold it for a second here and there and really process things and that's helpful. But for the most part, your head is on your body and you are just out there and you need to make sure you know what's going on in there most of the time. Like you just kind of have to. And I feel like I haven't recently. I felt like a like out of body experience all the time, which I remember way back in the day when I podcasted about quitting my job at L'Oreal, like my corporate job. I remember feeling and saying this on my podcast that I felt like I was it was an out of body experience. Like I was looking at myself from an out of body way, working every day and saying to myself, like from this out-of-body self, like, what the heck are you doing? Is this even bringing you joy? I remember thinking that it wasn't really me doing it. It was this, like, robot version of me living this life that I thought I wanted and I didn't want it anymore. Like, I realized I didn't want it and I said no to it after a while. So I want to do more of that. I want to realize when I'm not doing something that's very me and figure that out before it's too late, before I've let people down, because it's possible to do that. It's possible to not let people down if you don't even tell them you're going to do something in the first place. Like I'm realizing (laughs) I can kind of have my cake and eat it too, because you guys know I said I don't like disappointing people. I mean, I'm going to disappoint people, but at least it won't be in a client realm. Okay. So that is step one for me. I'm also going to do a lot more reflecting. I'm going to get my journal out, dust off the cobwebs and get back into that and reflect more. Like really deeply think about how things are affecting me and about how my life is going and talk about it to myself. Like no one needs to see it. Maybe I won't post it, but I'm going to journal more. I need to do it for myself because that's the way that I get my thoughts out. I have to write them down. I'm a very written thinker and visual thinker and I have to do that again. I just, I know I was my best self when I was doing that even when I was experiencing hard times because I'm not going to say hard times are going to be gone forever. Like they're going to, they're going to happen, but at least I'll be better equipped to handle them because I will know backwards, forwards, upside down what I am thinking, what I want, what I don't want. And I will act knowing all of these things, not just kind of take a step off a ledge and hope that there's a net at the bottom to catch me. Like I can't live like that anymore. I can't live so chaotically with too much going on. It's just not good for my health. It's not good for other people either. I, I take it out on other people. I get frustrated with them for no reason, like frustrated with my friend Mia for not telling me to not take the job. Like it's not her responsibility to tell me something like that. Like she does tell me the hard things all the time. She's a great friend. But like when I was phrasing it like this is a great opportunity, she's not going to be like, Katie, don't do it. Like I have to tell myself that. It can be a great thing, but I don't have to do it. Like it can be a great thing, but you do not have to do every great thing because you are only one person and you only have so many hours in the day. So that's really important to to think about. So I don't really know where this is going. I don't really know the solution, but that is 
what I know is right in my heart. So that is why I will continue to send breakup emails. <laughs> and I saw this thing on uh, Instagram today. I forget who posted it. Um, but it was this beautiful quote that I just want to end with. So destroy the idea that you have to be constantly working or grinding in order to be successful. Embrace the concept that rest, recovery, and reflection are essential parts of the progress towards a successful and ultimately happy life. Wow. Honestly, snaps for that. Snaps. Such a good quote. Really good to think about. Rest, recovery, reflection. Like, I don't think I've even fully recovered from like a lot of things that I've dealt with that really affected me. And therapy is helpful with that. You guys know I talk about therapy all the time, but ultimately a lot of the work you have to do is on your own. It's a lot on your own. Like you can't really have someone, you know, fixing things for you because I mean, they they can help a lot, but like, unless you're going to do the hard work to fix yourself, to patch yourself up, it's just nothing's going to happen. That's what I've realized. So that is how I'm feeling, guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope, hopefully it just made you feel a little bit more seen, I don't know, in your day-to-day if you're stressed all the time too. I hope that you feel seen by this episode. I know I am not a therapist and I don't really know all the answers. I don't know many of them, actually. I'm very smart and very good at what I do, but I don't know everything. I really don't. So that is my piece. That is what I wanted to say. I want to put this energy out into the world because I think we need more of it. And I strive to do more of it on all of my platforms and show you guys that I am not doing it all. I'm not. There's just no way I could. And I don't want to inspire people to be workaholics. That is the last thing I want to do. But I am a recovering workaholic. I am. We're going to recover. We're going to reflect. We're going to reflect even more. And I... I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay even if I'm not doing all the things that I think I could do or that I maybe even could do. I think this is really good. It's a good step for me. So thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all next Thursday. Yeah, I will. Okay. Next Thursday. Talk to you then. Bye, guys. Bye.